I'm joined by Tommy Dreamer right now. Uh, Impact Wrestling has Rebellion coming up. You're going to be entering a hardcore war with Bully Ray. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, Final teams aren't announced yet, but uh, I I have a feeling we're going to see that sort of play out the next couple weeks on Impact TV. So what do you look for in a team, specifically this team that you're signing up to go to war with you uh this thing started listen the business has changed very very much um since i started or if we're going to talk about where i was made most famous is ecw and i was part of wars um like i said in my promo there are no winners in wars and these are things that affect you for a long long time whether it's going to be hey i had a great match but we all talk about war games we've also talked about elimination chamber like when you're in these type of situations these are things that are going to last um with you for a long long time both you know mentally and physically um what well, to answer your question i'm looking at at a out of a a whole talented locker room and, but I'm also looking at, I want to say, I mean, people who could benefit from this or people who are, have the, I really don't give an F attitude, um, which is a little different now than it was before. Um, it, it, it's a hard, hard, you know, cause you're going to tell somebody, Hey, you're going to be fighting with weapons. Hey, you're probably going to be busted open on some part of your body. Hey, you're going to go out there and, you know, fight for wherever, what number you're in, whatever that case may be um, against another person. You could be in there for what? 20 minutes before even, no, it would be two, two, at least 10 to 15 minutes before the match actually gets started. So, I mean, a hardcore war is basically um, a war games without a cage. Was trying to get a cage, but I don't think uh, it could fit in the venue. These are things that you deal with when you, you know, work with uh, different types of venues and ceilings and all that stuff. Um, but I, I've been a part of a couple of them. I was actually in one in that very, very same building where I remember this amazing moment where uh, Falaba had to choose to squish the guy in the corner, but he had to run across the ring that had Legos and thumbtacks in them. And he's barefoot. And it's, you know, the proverbial diehard moment. I have to do something to save my life. I just shoot up the bad guys, but then I got to run across glass or else I'm going to get killed. And, uh, you know, I remember, and even when I still see Falaba, he'd be like, dude, those friggin' Legos hurt. I mean, I think we could all relate to stepping on a dog toy, a child's toy in our own home, and then, you know, barefoot. Here's a guy who did it barefoot as well. Um, I don't think a lot of people land in all these items that we do. Um, So it it is. And when I talk also about wars, like there's scars on my head. There's scars on Bully Ray's head that I caused. Um, He caused them for me as well. 
there's a scar right here across his head that I remember I hit him with a trash can and it looked like that TV show heroes where the guy would scan open your brain, take your knowledge and you would die. But I remember hitting him and he was standing there looking at me. And then I just saw like a giant slit open up in his head, the scars on the back of his head. I caused two out of the three of them. Um, these are things where I say like, you know, even in promos, man, I'm, I'm a 52 year old man that has a little bit of a, you know, PTSD from all the violent acts that he did when he was younger. And I don't know if I want to put people through that. That's why it's kind of be like, Hey, you have to know what you're getting involved in. So it it is hard to choose. It's a long way to answer your, your question. But if I'm telling you, Hey man, you're going to interview somebody that this could really possibly make or break you, but it could also mess you up. Don't know if you take that interview. I don't want to get too far off topic, but you mentioned war games. And the reason this came to mind is uh, I, I'm watching the the dusty documentary that's coming out. I got mm-hmm. a sneak peek at it and uh, you know, just kind of briefly talked about how, he invented war games. Obviously, he meant a lot to you in your career. You got to work with him. You mentioned not having the cage available. So is there some sort of advice that or just some some sort of dustyism that you're maybe approaching this match with since it's not a war games match, but it's still the spirit of it or it's still some yep. version of it? Well, like I said, there's also like with that, there's also usually two rings involved and you, you know, you talk about, I, I go back and I remember JJ Dillon getting his shoulder separated in a war games. I remember, uh, was it Brian Pillman almost getting killed in the middle of the ring, uh, against Sid getting power bombed on top of his head because of the top of the cage. Um, it had, I think more so to do than two rings more so with the cage. Um, it would be cool to have, you know, everybody in there, but then it gets into getting cluttered and, you know, you're going to have 10 people involved in this. It's not a lot of room, you know, wiggle room when you're inside a steel cage. Uh, listen, man, my, my dusty isms and, and I have a lot, he's an amazing teacher. We've seen how his, we're still number one talking about him, but his influences today uh, from the men and women that he helped. For me, man, he he was my idol. He was um, the guy that the reason I'm in this business. Uh, and then later on, uh, I found out that he considered me one of his five closest friends in the industry, which was awesome. You know, I had the ability to sit under his learning tree, just like Paul Heyman did and um, Eddie Graham and I had the avail- availability, not only just to hang out with Dusty or, or call Dusty, but there was a time when I worked in WWE, Dusty literally worked across the hall from me. And I got to hang out with him on a daily basis. Or then when he was doing WWE's ECW um, and fought for us to have a WrestleMania moment, um, I think that would be the most is for me. And like it also goes to picking out people. Uh, I just watched the Sasha Banks uh, Broken Skull Sessions, and um, I know it was happened a while back, and she almost broke down in tears. And she said she came up with the boss, and nobody got it but Dusty. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, thank God that he did. Cause he's like, that's exactly what I want you to do. That's the same thing that like, when you say you're looking for somebody, I'm looking for somebody. I mean, I've hired a lot of men and women in this industry and I'm kind of like a player coach, but there are people that like I specifically um, look at like this person has this potential. I get them and I want the world to get them. And if it's whatever rub they can get by hanging out with Tommy Dreamer, you know, that that's one Um, I will because of, you know, what he just did. Um, leading into our tag match, Bupinder is a guy that I watch and I'm beyond impressed with Bupinder. Uh, I've been his player coach a lot. And I, I want to say Bupinder had under 20 matches and he had a ladder match on television with Brian Myers. And the entire building was cheering for him. And I was like, I sucked in my 20th match. And here's a guy doing this on television. Mm-hmm. I think he seriously had his like ninth match was like his debut in Impact. Think of that. Think of being thrust into the world of professional wrestling, being on television, all that stuff. If I could equate it to you because I'm talking to you, I'm sure your first couple of interviews weren't the best. And, you know, now you're just sitting here and I'm like, oh, I've got Tommy Dreamer at one o'clock. Let's go, Dreamer. You know, I don't know if you have anyone would intimidate you or if somebody can just take over, but you learn from every experience. And I look at somebody like that and there's a whole group of men and women in the locker room that, you know, I would love to be a part of, but I see, I see a lot of greatness in a lot of people just, I always have. And just kind of like what Dusty did too. Bully Ray is obviously on the other side of the ring. I Mm want to talk about him a little bit. Uh, Sure, you have your issues on TV, but you also have almost 30 years of history. Uh, There's got to be some level of, I don't know if reward is the right word, but maybe level of trust or comfort, some sort of familiarity, like having him be the guy because you, you know, you have that relationship with him over the years. There's got to be some sort of level of comfort knowing that hey here's the guy i'm still telling stories with after this long yeah um bully knows how to push people's buttons the hardest part is i have to work with him on a radio show um every single friggin thursday sometimes more and a lot of people you know, like you know especially on social media they want to try and bully and i's relationship is to put it nicely strained um th- and this goes back we used to joke about it Like we would travel with each other. And if people heard how we spoke to each other, they think we friggin' hate each other. And lately we've been on the side of really, really disagreeing with each other. Um, Straight up, Bully has a history. Bully has a history in Impact Wrestling. And it's not the best history. And I'm talking, you know, business-wise behind the scenes. And these are for other people's stories to tell. But in the short time that he was there, he was, you know, and I'm responsible for him. I brought him in, bound for glory, thought it was going to be a cool moment. Uh, you know, nice ECW moment with myself, Rhino. The guy goes out and wins it. It's like, okay, cool. And I joke with him at first. I was like, he becomes like a golem when he gets closer to the Lord of the Rings, where he turns like he turns. 
I felt personally him versus Josh Alexander would have been an amazing story of here's the guy, former world champion, Hall of Famer, taking on Josh Alexander in that same type of TLC matchup um, with ladders and, and, and chairs and everything. And would have just been a really, really good promotable advertised match. Then it went the other route that it did. Uh, Bully likes to, and I also say, I mean, he's exactly what his name is um, and always has been. And uh, he is a bully. He likes to throw in people's faces things that he's done for them, which great. Uh, he did get me my job in on Busted Open. But then it is kind of like, okay, but then you have to keep your spot by your body of work. Um, and then like, he's also like, I also brought you to impact wrestling when it was the first time when you had come here a long, long time ago. And I also brought you when I was in WWE and I'm like, okay, cool. How many times are you going to keep reminding someone that you did something, but it's also like, cool. And we went and feuded with the Wyatts. You kind of needed me as well as, you know, it helped you. And if I could go full circle, I was the one who brought him into the wrestling business. And I don't ever throw that in his face. And that was an ECW. I worked with him on an indie and I thought he was a good wrestler. He showed up one night and I went to Paul because we were looking for someone to get choke slammed by 911. I said, that kid will do a great choke slam. He was hired on the same day that Steve Austin debuted in ECW. And then he had a spot. And then when he failed, and he failed miserably in the middle of the ring against Jimmy Backlund, uh, Jimmy Del Rey. Uh, had to rethink about how we're going to get this guy who was a comedy act. How are we going to get him back to where he was? I knew Devon because Devon was trained by the same trainer I was trained. Helped put them together. Do I ever throw that in his face? So all that that you accomplished maybe wouldn't happen if you didn't have myself in your corner. But yet he wants to throw stuff in my face. Dude, this happened. Uh, forget about on the air because, like, I don't know if you're a, a sports fan. You know, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog were very, very famous. They stopped talking. And during commercial breaks, we don't really even speak. The other part, and this is kind of how he is. I was the first person to do a cutter off a ladder. Did it to just incredible stairway to hell. A couple months later, he's getting ready for his match at the Astrodome. He tells me he wants to do it. And back then, you know, out of respect, you would, Hey, blah, blah, blah. I want to. And I was like, cool, man, do it. Take care. He said it's on the air that he's the first person ever to do a cutter. And I'm like, dude, you literally called me and asked. I didn't. Bubba. Yes, you did. No, I didn't cool. I go back and I show him when heat wave was when I did it to Justin. And then after us, I go, dude, I did it five months before you. Here's the documented proof, whatever. If you're friends with a person, dude, I'm sorry. I totally had forgot. Or, oh my gosh, I really thought like I was the first person who did this. I'm sorry you were wrong. Or, wow, I just misspoke. That's what that's. And this is when we were friends. Then he also went, you know, um, we don't have scripts. He said some stuff about my mom. My mom literally was fighting for her life in the hospital and went, she had a stroke. 
and said, I don't, I don't care about your mom where he's been to my house. I've been to his house. There's things you don't cross or even recently he just threw an alcoholic beverage on Darren, Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty's a, a recovering addict and there's no, Oh, I'm sorry. And yeah, we have a great match and all that stuff happens, but these, you can't live life without ramifications or apologize. Be it's called being a professional dude. I'm sorry. I didn't know blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> then let's go out. But no, it's, it's always been it's bully's way or the highway. He's had a strained relationship with, with the boss, Scott Demore. He's had a strained relationship with Mickey James. He has a strained relationship with Jordan Grace, Josh Alexander, Josh's wife, all these things that like happened in, I want to say he came in in what October. Mm -hmm. And he had, he pisses off a lot of people. He plays ball in the beginning once he gets in and then what? And again, it's bully's world. And if there's no ramifications or apologies, trust me, we have to deal with it to the point where for my other job on busted open management called us in and said, you cannot talk about your stuff going on an impact because it's affecting the show. So either shape up or we have to replace one of you or both of you or switch it to days. But yet when we're analyzing wrestling, like we're supposed to do, we're pretty good at it, which sucks because he's so friggin' opinionated, but it's only like his way. And that's wrong. Things are going to come to a head, uh, obviously at rebellion, April 16th, hardcore war. We're going to have to pay attention to who ends up on your team uh, in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, uh, thanks very much for the time today. I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck moving forward. Thank you, man. What action figures you got going on back? I uh, I have Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Ooze, X Men, uh, and then some Batman stuff behind me. Are you a fan of uh, Cardona and Myers? And they're nice, very, much. very cool. The, I'll give them partial blame for this. <laughs> I started collecting uh, I autographed full-size full, uh, football helmets that have to only Hall of Famers. Mm. So I went for the big gusto. It'll be my new, when I finally redecorate my home, I'll have an entire room of NFL stuff. Very nice. Well, cool, man. All right. Thank you. Thank very you. Much.